Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the best show on the internet, Reddit Readings. We're at episode 119, and today we are diving into r slash petty revenge. It's a pleasure to have you here with us once again, as always. A big shout-out to Matthew and Megan for signing up to our Patreon. There is exclusive episodes over there for the pittance of $4 a month. Get over there, check it out. And if you just want ad-free listening, it's only a buck. All right, guys, grab your tea and your popcorn, and let's dive right in. Now streaming only on Disney+. Plus. Experience Taylor Swift's record-breaking Eras Tour. Does anyone here know the lyrics? Ruben! Taylor Swift, the Eras Tour, Taylor's version. With four additional acoustic songs. Now streaming only on Disney+. Plus. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Glad you could make it. Our first story today is in from an anonymous user. Neighbor took my parking spot after I shoveled. I poured water in his windshield. It was a cold winter day. Eight inches of snow had fallen the night before and the windshield made it feel as if it were in the negatives. Fahrenheit. I drive an all-wheel drive SUV, so I have no issues getting out. My wife, on the other hand, drives a Prius which slides with the smallest amount of moisture on the road. My car was down at the time, so we had to take my wife's car. I spent 45 minutes in the freezing cold shoveling that car out so we could get to the store. We were gone for an hour, and when we came back, our neighbor had taken the spot I had shoveled. Our apartment complex doesn't have assigned parking, But in the winter, it's understood that if you shovel a spot, it's yours. So when I saw his car in the spot I had just shoveled, I was pretty pissed. I went inside and filled two gallon jugs of water, went back out and poured them on his windshield. Rinse and repeat. I must have poured about 10 gallons of water on his car. Being how cold it was, it was already frozen by the time I poured the last gallon on. It sat like that overnight. The next morning, I watched as he helplessly tried to scrape off all these layers of ice off his windshield. Don't take my goddamn parking spot. Our next one is in from Wild Ass Guess. Reserve a bike locker when you shouldn't? Nothing a 20-pound pair of bolt croppers can't fix. Forever. This happened a few years ago, and I was reminded of it after another bike lock revenge. The town in which I live has full-size bike lockers, very secure. On these lockers are signs saying you can't reserve them by leaving them locked and empty. How it started... I regularly commuted from my hometown to the next big city. I used to cycle each morning to the train station, wheel my bike into a locker, lock it and go to work. One morning I get there and all the lockers are used. It's a real pain, but I get my wife to drive in, take my bike home and I go to work. 
Next morning, I get to the lockers 30 minutes sooner at 7.30 a.m., thinking I just needed to be there sooner to get a locker. Nope, all used. I start to wonder what's going on and get on my hands and knees and look under the doors of the lockers. Nearly all of them are empty, but locked by people. First, I try to be reasonable. I call the council, who have the don't-you-dare-lock-these-when-empty signs, and they avoid responsibility, saying it's the train station's responsibility. I ask the station manager, who claims it's the council's responsibility. So I go to eBay, make it my responsibility. It's frightening what you can cut through with a £20 pair of bolt croppers. The next Saturday, I drive to the train station, and for every locker that's locked and doesn't have a bike in, I crop the lock and take it. About 80% of the lockers were like this. Then the sweet, sweet revenge happens on the Monday morning. I turn up and just watch. People cycle up to their lockers and find the lock is gone. No way for them to safely leave their bikes. I got to enjoy the dawning expression of surprise and then frustration on three people's faces as they had to go through the what do I do? No way to lock my bike. Pain that I did. Next Saturday, I did it again. Then I became addicted to it. I drove out to the next two train stations on the line where our council's territory ended and did the same to the lockers there. I kept it up about a month until the locks stopped being used to reserve lockers. (laughs) I still have the bolt croppers. I reckon if you weigh in the scrap metal from all the padlocks, you'll probably make more than 20 quid. I wonder if that's a feasible business idea. I'm also wondering if possibly this should be posted in Am I the Arsehole? Get on Discord, let me know what you think. This next one is in from The Drumming Ape. Made a fake call about your baby being locked in your car with the keys? Now your car is locked with the keys inside again. Circa 2001. I was a AAA tow truck driver and working an overnight shift on a Friday. I received a call around 10pm for a baby locked in a car with the keys inside. AAA policy is to attend these type of lockout emergency calls before any other calls that may be waiting. I sped down the highway as fast as my truck could take me and reached the location which was a local mall. I found the car that was parked in a far corner of the parking lot alongside another car. There were about a half dozen people hanging around. I jumped out of the truck, identified the owner, and asked him if this was his vehicle. Yep, sure is. Alright, great. Let me see what I can do. I said as I tried to peer into the windows, which were heavily tinted. I saw a glow coming from the stereo and could somewhat make out a blanket in the backseat, but the tint was so dark it was really tough to make out anything else. The child in the backseat? Yeah, he's asleep. It took me about a minute to open the passenger's front door. As soon as the locking mechanism clicked, the owner of the vehicle reached in front of me, opened the door and reached inside to grab his keys off the passenger seat and a six-pack of beer off the floor. He stepped back and let out a little smart-ass chuckle. I poked my head inside the car and looked into the back seat. There was no baby. The driver was still standing close to me and was in the process of twisting off the bottle cap to his beer while holding his key in the same hand. 
instinctively. I snatched the keys away from him, tossed them back into the car, pushed the lock button on his doorframe and slammed it shut. Go fuck yourself, now you can stay here all night, I said as I walked away and got back into my truck. No one said a word to me and the driver stood there dumbfounded, holding his beer to his chest as I drove away. I called dispatch and explained what happened and they made a note not to send any other drivers out to this account for a lockout situation. I wonder if I can call AAA to come and unlock the door so I can get out the basement. Will it count as a car door if I sit behind it going brum brum? This next one is from some username 47. Do you enjoy science, spooky stories, and all things paranormal? We do too. While we would love for most paranormal stories to be true, we are here to tell you that they probably aren't. But that doesn't make them any less fun to speculate about. We are the Spooky Science Sisters podcast. In this podcast, we bring you bi-weekly discussions on possible scientific explanations behind the supernatural. Backed up by research articles and other credible sources, we do deep dives into things like archaeology and physics and share in-depth discussions with topic experts. Visit us at SpookySciencesisters.com to listen to a couple of skeptics debunk some of your favorite alien encounters, cryptid sightings, and ghost stories with science, sass, and a significant amount of laughter. Thank you, and stay spooky. You don't like your boyfriend seeing me braless in the dorm? Then he won't. I live in a college dorm on an all-female floor. I usually wear a bra if I'm leaving the dorm building, but I'm not going to put on a bra under my shirt just to walk down the hall to the bathroom. A few days ago, I left my room and walked 10 yards down the hall to the water fountain, refilled my water bottle, and went back to my room. I was wearing a white tank top and no bra. The tank top was fitted, but not see-through, so you could only see the outline of my nips. There was a small group of people hanging out in the hall outside a few of the rooms, but I didn't think much of it. Until around half an hour later, when I got a knock on the door from one of the girls I'd seen in the hall. She said something to the effect of, Hey, I'm so sorry to ask you this, but if you go into the hall again, could you put a bra on? My boyfriend's out there, and he was staring a little, so... I am super non-confrontational, so I was like, Yeah, sure, uh, sorry about that. And for the rest of that night, anytime I left my room, I put a bra or a sweater on. And that was the end of it. Or so I thought. The next day, my roommate told me she'd overheard the girl telling a few of her friends about the incident while in the bathroom. She said the girl was making it sound like I'd been purposely trying to seduce her boyfriend, wearing basically nothing, taking my time at the water fountain, posing to push out my tits, the whole works. When she left the bathroom, my roommate said the girl was actually acting it out at the water fountain, pretending to be me. That night, I passed the girl and some of her friends on my way to go brush my teeth. I wasn't wearing a bra. I was already in pyjamas. The girl looked pointedly down at my chest, and all of them started giggling. But the last straw was when the entire dorm got an email from the RA yesterday saying she'd gotten some anonymous complaints about people dressing inappropriately in the hallways and asking that we all just make sure we're keeping things covered up. So here's where I got my petty little revenge. 
I knew that the girl's boyfriend doesn't go to college here. The girl and I were in the same orientation group and chatted a bit back then. I also knew that due to the pandemic, we aren't allowed to have non-students slash family guests in the dorms this year. So I used the same anonymous complaint form to issue a complaint about people bringing their off-campus boyfriends into our dorm and then not wearing a mask. Masks are mandatory in the hallways, although not frequently enforced. This morning, the RA emailed again saying that due to anonymous complaints, they'd be enforcing the no-off-campus guests rule by checking IDs of unfamiliar guests to make sure they were students from then on. Really, this girl should be thanking me. If she was concerned about her boyfriend seeing the vague outline of my tits in the dorm hallway, she no longer needs to worry. <laughs> Boobs. Look, I kept a straight face throughout that whole story. You can let me have that one. This next one is from Sudden Pineapple 821 The time I made my ex mad by making friends with the woman he cheated on me with. In my early 20s, I lived with my ex-boyfriend. I was gullible and believed every word that came out of his mouth. I believed him when he said he worked late hours and came back at 4am and made up excuses to keep me from meeting his friends and family and let him isolate me and hide me away. Well, one day, his grandmother passes away from natural causes. This is pre-COVID. And he was devastated. So I asked if he wanted company or to be left alone to grieve. He, of course, wanted to go alone, and so I let him. I got a call from someone who knew both me and my ex, informing me that he did in fact take his girlfriend to the funeral, but that person was not me. She had been introduced to his family, taken out on date after date, and he had played dad to her one-year-old. My heart sunk right to my feet that day, And so did hers once she found out about me. My friend got us in contact, and we talked for hours. We laughed, we cried, and in the end, we decided to dump that man and be friends. He absolutely hated it. We became extremely close after that. I took her to her 21st and drunk sat her after she got sick all over me, and we took each other on a date, and even to a concert that her family got tickets for. To this day, I have her in my phone as the wife, even though we're both married to wonderful men. What? Well, where's the revenge? I want a refund. Well, this next one's also from Anonymous. A different Anonymous, but Anonymous all the same. Mechanic tries to scam me. Receives public embarrassment in return. I, 26 female, do not look like I would know a single thing about cars. Five foot three, long blonde hair, soft curly appearance, and an eternal baby face that makes me look about 15 to 16 years old. I drive a rather beat up 2004 Avalon. My dad and brother are both mechanics. Not my profession, but I've learned a thing or seven from them and am very comfortable working on cars. I'm only mentioning my appearance because it's pretty common for mechanics to assume that I'm an idiot about cars. A while back, I was pretty overwhelmed with life and didn't have a good space to do it, so I took my car to get the oil changed. The place offered a free-of-charge, head-to-toe inspection of any repairs that might need to be made. 
I knew my car was fine. I had pretty recently changed the air filter and brake pads. Rotors had maybe 40,000 miles on them and were in great condition. New serpentine belt too. Literally just didn't feel like changing my oil. Relevant note. Before I went to the shop, I actually checked my air filter and it was, in fact, pristine. Also, I usually call my dad while I'm working on my car so we can chat and he knows what repairs and maintenance I've done and that my car is actually pretty well taken care of. After they changed my oil, the guy came back to me with the inspection results on a clipboard and was holding my air filter. He had this grave look on his face like something was wrong. Mind you, this is a very busy place and there were lots of customers in the waiting room. He told me that we needed to go over the results because my car was about to be completely broken down and also not safe to drive if I didn't get several repairs done ASAP because they were all completely shot. The repairs? New brake pads, new rotors, new calipers, replace serpentine and drive belt, new air filter, new compressor or my AC will not work, a heavy fret in the middle of summer in Florida, and a couple more generic things. He showed me my air filter that was filled with dead grass, a dead wasp, some dirt, and hair. Bruh! He really scooped some bullshit off the shop floor and put it in my new air filter to try and freak me out. The total? About 1500 bucks worth of work. It would be more expensive anywhere else, but he was willing to give me a deal. So I immediately start buying myself time by asking some basic questions that I knew he would have to explain so I could nod at him all wide-eyed while I came up with a good way to respond to what he was doing. What does the serpentine belt do? Is it important? Etc. I texted my dad. I'm calling in a sec. Just play along. Told the guy. Oh my god, that's so scary. I can't believe I was driving around like that. Thank you so much for caring. I don't have the money, so let me call my dad real quick to see if he can help me out. I can't afford this. I then proceed to enhance my dramatic performance by even working up a tear while I called my dad. The guy is standing there with me in front of all the customers. I put my phone on speaker and gave my dad a whole sob story about how I need money again. I'm so sorry. Can he help me? He asked me what the repairs were and how much. I said, I don't know, but it sounds really bad. He says that it's dangerous. Dad, I can't be without a car. What am I going to do? Then I asked the guy to tell my dad what the repairs were. He rattles it all off and my dad is playing his part perfectly. Oh, wow. Oh, mmm. Oh my goodness. I'm glad you caught this so she's not in danger anymore. Little did this scammer know, he was the one in danger. He hands the phone back and I drop the facade and start laughing really hard. As soon as dad hears me, he started scream cackling into the phone. I said, Dad! Do you hear this bullshit? Get this. He brought me my new air filter I just put in to show me how dirty it was. He pulled shit off the floor or something and rubbed it on there. Dad and I continued to crack up. The audience in the waiting room was also cracking up. Scammy McCanny was beat red and completely at a loss for words. Head down and some stuttering was his response. 
I hand him back my air filter, told him to go vacuum it out and to make sure to let me see it before he put it back in. I sat and watched him put it back once it was clean and also watched him pull out my car to make sure he didn't do anything horrible while I wasn't looking. I might have taken it a little far, but I really hate when mechanics take advantage of people who don't know anything about cars. So this felt like a massive win. Big props to my dad for his performance and for teaching me about cars. Managed to summon up a tear for your performance. Well, I guess that makes you a better actor than Amber Heard. But good job. Scammy people in professional roles need to be taught a lesson. It only takes a few bad apples to spoil the whole bunch. Alright guys, thank you very much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Don't forget to follow along because we're dropping two episodes every week plus one additional bonus episode on our Patreon. So be sure to go over there and check that out. Until next time, folks, don't forget to take a second to drop us a quick cheeky review. And until next time, peace out. True terrors of horror, bizarre happenings, unexplainable events. On our podcast, Disturbed, Terror Takes Center Stage. Each episode is a journey into the darkest corners of human existence, delving into bone-chilling tales of kidnappings, serial killers, maniacs, and the very essence of your worst nightmares coming to life on this weekly true horror show. Disturbed is not for the faint of heart. It's an exploration of real, unadulterated horror sourced from everyday people. Each episode is a descent into the macabre, where we narrate stories that will leave you on the edge of your seat and crawling in your skin. We navigate the disturbing narratives that lurk in the shadows, offering a raw and unfiltered listen into the most terrifying aspects of the human experience. Enter at your own risk and let the unsettling tales unfold in the haunting realm of Disturbed. And remember, listeners, stay safe out there.